Hey everybody, welcome to episode 76 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week I want to talk about an unusual topic that I came across on the forums and that was on whether you are better off storing your detector or selling it if you had to come away from the hobby for a long period of time. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available in the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information's in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I hope you had more luck than I did this week. I for sure was not in the favour of the gods of high conductivity, but most definitely a pawn to the demons of Big Iron. Big Iron! (laughs) I hit my relic beach this week. That's the beach that I found the gilded livery button previously, which now adorns my wall like a playboy centerfold where the pages have been stuck together so much that you can barely make out any detail on it, but it's there and I look at it regularly. So anyways, the CTX and I hunted my relic beach with very little coming up. I dug only good signals, which meant I didn't dig as many holes as I used to, and this allowed me to cover more ground. However, all that came up was big iron and a few bits of brass and copper with a few toasted out coins. Not too bad, but when the standard had been set so high previously, it was hard to get excited as each hole chipped away at my enthusiasm, one piece at a time. This coupled with the fact that I totally forgot how hard it was to dig ground full of rocks in various sizes, making each hole dug feeling like an exploration to the centre of the planet. The hunt became an exercise in mental strength, but I kept plugging away and caught a few fish, which was grand. If anyone has any digging tips for a rocky ground, let me know because I won't be returning there this season unless I have a contingency plan to help me dig those holes. So hit me up with any information you might have. So this week I want to talk about an unusual topic, but something that piqued my interest while cruising the forums. So firstly, I want to give the friendly metal detecting forum full credit for this week's topic. And that was the question on the following scenario. If you were taking a break from the hobby for a long period of time, should you store your detector or should you sell it on and buy a replacement when you get back to the hobby? And if you decide to store it, what's the best way to do this? So first of all, I didn't contribute to the discussions at all because I would have just said, you're smoking crack if you think you can give up this awesome hobby. I just can't quit you. (laughs) But I did get to thinking... What are the options here and how should they play out? And that's what this week's topic is about. Let's address the first question. Should you store it or sell it? That depends on how long you're going to be gone. If it's like a few months, then I would just stick it in the shed out of the way and come back to it when you can and think nothing of it. However, if you're looking at this question and the timeline is longer than, say, a year, two years or even longer, then there are a few things to consider on whether you should sell it or not. The first being, are you losing money on storing it? Think about it. You might have a year old Knox that will go for about four or five hundred bucks, depending on condition, on the second hand market if you sold it today. How much does a five year old Knox go for? Unfortunately, they're not like cars and have an odometer on them to tell you the mileage. 
So if I'm buying a second-hand detector, it's priced at its age. So I would be expecting to pay two to 300 for a five-year-old Knox. So is it better to pocket 400 bucks today to save, right? For when you want to buy a similar age Knox for 203 years time? I smell profit, but I think you know what I'm saying. Are you better off realizing the value of the detector today rather than have its value drop while in storage? Now, it isn't lost to me that this is a silly game. Store it or sell it, you still have a five-year-old Knox at the end of the day. But I would prefer to have the money sitting in the bank waiting for me to blow it all in new gear when I want to come back to the hobby. Who's to say technology won't advance in the meantime and your Knox is cutting edge going into storage but a has-been coming out and you'll end up selling it anyways for a pittance to upgrade to the newest tech if that's the way you're inclined. Sentimentality throws this all out the window. If there is some emotional attachment to the detector then no common sense will make you sell it. Believe me, it does happen and you will store it up. But what should you consider when you're putting it away in storage? There are a few factors. Where to store it, what temperature is appropriate, how humid is the area, is where it's being stored subject to people traffic, or is it dirty? Lots to consider before we even get to the most important part about how to store the batteries. Starting with what temperature is appropriate. Most detectors are rated to operate between minus 40C and plus 40C. This is guidance for general operation at a temperature in that range. It doesn't account for daily large swings in temperature that can have a detrimental effect on the electronics and connections inside your detector. For example, I'm in Ireland and our seasonal temperature barely moves between minus 1 and 20 all year round, with each day having an average temperature variance of about 10 degrees C, so storing it at this temperature will not be a problem. However, if you're in a hot climate where the daily temperature varies is plus 30s in the day to low single digits at night, then you should consider storing the detector inside the house or an underground basement with a steady temperature as repeated temperature variants like this will cause the connections to expand and contract frequently, resulting in the joints losing their integrity and breaking as soon as there is any physical exertion put on the detector, like banging it off the ground when swinging. The temperature at which it is stored will also have an effect on the battery, but we will get into that in a bit. Now, although Ireland is grand for temperature, we would not be so good with humidity or moisture, as everyone knows it rains every day in Ireland, with most families having a pet fungus in the house due to the humidity or moisture content in the air. So this would be something I would consider having to negate by either storing the detector in a bag, preferably a vacuum sealed bag, coupled with desiccant silica pouches just to ensure everything stayed dry. If you're in the arid wastelands, then this will not be a problem for you and you could probably hang it on the wall of your shed without too much panic. In fact, the garden shed or basement seems to be the most favorite spot for people to store their detectors, be it for a long term or short term, However, if most are like mine, then the garden shed is not exactly the cleanest spot with potential for garden dust or woodworking dust to cover everything. A good rule of thumb is if you see a layer of dust on a shelf in the shed or basement, then maybe you shouldn't store your detector there. The last thing to consider is the battery, especially if it's a sealed in rechargeable type, similar to what comes with the simplex and the Knox. Both are lithium-ion types of batteries. If you have a detector that uses single-use batteries or batteries that can be removed from the detector, then you needn't worry about the following bit. Do you know that you shouldn't let a lithium-ion battery fully discharge below 3.2 volts per cell? 
If you do, it can cause the battery to degrade by forming copper shunts which can short the battery out when next charged or swell, even burst through the casing of the detector or potentially burst into flames the next time you charge it. Serious stuff. Lithium ion batteries are no joke. Just Google videos of people stabbing them and you'll see what I mean. It is advised that these batteries are stored in a flame retardant bag. So that's why it is so important to ensure you store them correctly. The key to keeping the battery healthy is that number of 3.2 volts and not letting each cell in the battery go below this number. But how can you do this when planning on storing a detector for years, especially when you consider a battery naturally loses 4% charge per year when stored at 25 degrees C or 77 degrees Fahrenheit? So Kieran, I'm just going to fully charge my battery and leave it in storage for a few years and it's going to lose 4% a year. It should be grand, right? Well, know that 4% is not taking into account any charge that may be used by the detector itself to maintain stored memory, for example. The 4% doesn't always correlate to a straight line of discharge. In fact, if you fully charge your detector and store it, it would lose 20% of its charge in the first year. The best charge state to leave your detector in is between 40 and 60%, believe it or not. This is the sweet zone. You will only lose 4% charge per year, giving you a safe year of storage of the battery. But I would advise recharging up the detector every 12 months to 18 months, letting it discharge to about half and putting it away for another year, year and a half. So pulling it all together, if I was to have to store my detector for longer than a year, I would firstly give it a forensic level clean. I would inspect any seals and apply suitable lube to them. If I had the original box, I would use that, which I would stick in a vacuum sealed bag with a few desiccant silicon pouches and seal it up tight, ensuring that the battery was between 40 and 60% charge. And if I could, I would make sure I downloaded any bespoke programs I may have had, or if I can't download them, I would copy them down to a notepad, which would get sealed up with the detector too. I would then place it somewhere away from people traffic and dust, but a place that didn't suffer from big swings in temperature, like a basement or an attic. I would make a note of the date, knowing that I would need to check it out in about 18 months' time, making sure to charge it back to that sweet spot and ensuring to fully inspect the detector for any potential signs of battery swelling. If all good, I would pack it all up again till next time, but I would think I couldn't stay away from the hobby for that long for this to be a major problem. I just can't quit you. And that's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metadetecting. Also, if you would like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, and happy hunting.